Well, hello everyone. I'm Reverend Carla. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. This is episode three. Now I invite you to settle in to find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. Today's podcast is titled Facing the Darkness, and this is inspired by the autumn equinox. And I believe our equinox this year is on September 22nd, so you might be hearing this either before or after, and that's okay. You, The, the equinox still has sacred w- wisdom and inspiration for you. So join me here today as we learn about the wonder of this beautiful earth and our universe. So before pumpkin spice, everything was a thing. And actually I found it interesting that pumpkin spice is is a blend of cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, cloves, and allspice, which is what makes a pumpkin pie so yummy during the fall. And but now you can find pumpkin spice in everything from lattes, of course, to candles and herbal teas and all that kind of stuff. But before pumpkin spice signaled the change of seasons, we, also, we used to see the change of season in just the hint of change in the air. It usually starts somewhere in mid-August. So if you're a gardener or you are attuned to the rhythm of nature, you start to notice that things start slowing down. Things stop uh, growing. There's a different smell in the air as the earth starts to welcome back to sleep the harvest. So a lot of times too, you'll start to see every once in a while, just certain leaves will start to pop up on a tree. You might see a beautifully full tree, full of green foliage, and then right there in the middle of it, it hidden just right there, you can just catch the glimpse of it is a golden one or an orange one or a red one. And you know that the shift has begun. And you may also have childhood memories of just diving headfirst into a big old pile of leaves. That's some of my favorite fall time memories as a child. And I hope that this time of year has some meaning for you as well. Because if you're like me, you're certainly removed from diving into leaves. Maybe I still could, I don't know. But if not, I hope that there's still sacred memories memories for you here in the colors, the smells, the slight chill that begins in the air, especially as you first awaken in the morning, and as we start to notice that the light is leaving us sooner at at the end of the day. So this week is filled with the sacredness that arrives with the turning of the season from summer to autumn. There is so much sacred wisdom here. This autumn magic offers it, for it is here for our ancestral wisdom, but also our holy wisdom, as we begin to turn toward the darkness. And don't be afraid of going here with me. Some people try to avoid some of these conversations 
because maybe the darkness to you signals sadness or grief or sorrow. But beloved, living means understanding that there will always be seasons where we must face the darkness of our lives. So just as the earth is divided equally with day and light during both the spring and autumn equinox, the autumn equinox invites us to find joy and gratitude as we balance between our physical lives and our soul's journey in this physical life and our soul's journey home, back to that which we came, which is God. So with the arrival of the first of the fall colors, we in the northern hemisphere know that the autumn equinox is just but a few days away. And sometimes we just dismiss it as just saying, okay, this is the first day of fall. It's another um, day on our calendar, and we don't think anything about it. But let's pause. Let's take a breath, and let's sit with the creation and the wonder that is here for us. So there are two days each year when the sun is directly over the equator, giving us equal lengths of day and night. That's the spring equinox and the autumn equinox. The Holy invites us to pause on this day as we begin to now make uh, our way directly to the winter solstice. And that is when the longest night of the year arrives. So this will happen in a few short months when darkness will certainly come. So those of us who are in turn with this Earth's life cycle understands this powerful shift that moves us into different realms of awareness, insight, and growth. So this is where your spiritual practice can come into play. So for those of you who write me or ask me about how you can expand on your spiritual practice, becoming in tune and offering gratitude for the seasonal changes and for our universe and our earth is certainly an easy way to start to develop a spiritual practice around creation. So this also reminds us that this year is almost over and a lot of us are looking forward to 2020 being over. But there's also time for personal reflection. So now I would invite you, if you've ever considered, if you don't have a journal, some of us keep several journals, and I do. I keep a dream journal and a seasonal journal and one that I use for my spiritual practice. So when I'm reading a new uh, book or something, I might take notes in that. So these are all separate journals that I keep with me when I, depending on what time of the day I'm, I'm working with them. But here are some questions. So I'm going to invite you to use your journal or create a seasonal journal. And here are some questions for you to consider. What projects did you hope to accomplish this year? Now, of course, I'm going to give you a little asterisk here. We are in the middle of a pandemic and we are, a lot of us are sidelined on some of our life goals, but there's also wisdom in being derailed from what our life, what we think our lives are supposed to look like and what they currently look like. So even though you might not be accomplishing the projects that you started, what other things have you started as you tried to just navigate this 
pandemic and all of the energy that's around it, whether it's dealing with the crisis in this country here in America, looking at it through the world, all the other things that are happening from hurricanes to fires. What projects did you hope to accomplish and how has that gone for you? Where do you see yourselves, yourself on your life journey? How has this year impacted you? As you consider where you are in your life right now, who did you see being on this journey with you? And if they aren't here, why aren't they here? Is it tragedy that took them away from you? Was it choices? Was it boundaries? Does it feel right? Are you holding grief and sorrow? Are you holding bitterness? What's here? What's wisdom? What's the wisdom of these first nine months of the year as you head towards the winter solstice? What changes can you make in these final three months of this year with the time that you have left. Now, if we take this opportunity to look at this day for quiet reflection and deep, deep introspection, if you could just pump the brakes a minute on your schedule and just feel this energetic shift, instead of just remembering maybe your fall memories and all those wonderful things that you might have done as a child or continue to do with your family as traditional things, what spiritual wisdom is, is being offered to you this day? So there may be, these questions may invite some wisdom for you that can help you move into another level of awareness. It's a gift for all of us dear ones. So in this abundance of green and the explosion of herbs and all the harvest that's starting to come in, these subtle changes signal to us that the growing season is ending and our time on earth is also will one day come to an end. So what are we going to do with the time we have left? And if that's unsettling for you, what is it about your life that doesn't allow you to consider life living in the awareness that death will come? So now as we sit here and, and, and approach this equinox, the mornings are getting darker, the plants are starting to wither, and not everyone is noticing. But if you're an empath or if you're connected or if you're a healer, you start to see this because you're in tune to nature. So as we begin to be able not to be able to be outside for longer because the cold air will force us inside, these seasons are changing and the earth will soon sleep because nothing ever stays the same. And aren't we grateful for that? Because the earth renews while it sleeps. So on this day, when you have so many tasks awaiting your hands and too many people needing your time and attention, remember that this season of your life, this chaos that we're in, this disruption of this pandemic, 
As hard as it feels right now, beloveds, it too shall pass. So do you have space in your heart to express gratitude together for witnessing this season of growth? And then as we turn to face the darkness, because what is now will soon be no more. This autumn equinox is an invitation to remember that nothing stays the same. We are not as in control as we think we are. Now I'm going to ask you to pause a minute as we shift out of our awareness of the autumn equinox and we're going to move into a conversation about Maybon. Maybon is spelled M-A-B-O-N and this year it runs between September 21st through about the 29th I believe. And why this is important is because it always falls around the time of the autumn equinox. And what this is, is a earth-based religion or earth-based tradition or pagan traditions where the harvest and the shifting towards the darkness actually becomes a celebratory time where honored traditions and rituals expand this gratitude and acknowledgement of the harvest of the earth and its bounty and its sustenance, the way it keeps us alive. So this may feel unrecognizable to you because maybe you've never heard of Maybon or maybe it's uncomfortable or maybe at some time one of your spiritual beliefs or your religious beliefs told you that it is a sin to look at anything that has pagan origins. Well, let me just tell you something about pagan origins because many of the pagan origins have been replaced or supplanted by religious traditions. So if you celebrate Christmas, New Year's Day, Easter, Epiphany, Valentine's Day, and even Lent, and there's more, if you just Google Christian holidays with pagan origins, you're going to find them you are taking part in an event that has pagan origins. So even though you may not have heard it, this is a beautiful sacred time to prepare, to celebrate the harvest and prepare for the darkness. Mabon provides us another opportunity to just reach back in time and find the connections to our past. So for instance, if you've ever had the pleasure of bobbing for apples at a harvest festival or a Halloween carnival, then you have taken part in a centuries old tradition that has pagan origins. So this is, again, this is an expansion and we can take this to a deeper level of reverence for our earth that grounds us in our spirituality. Because this may surprise some of you who have been taught that that suggestion of a spiritual or life force arising from the earth or its elements is sacrilegion. But this is not idol worship. Every one of us has some kind of ancestral connections to these kinds of traditions. And reaching back and honoring them doesn't minimize our beliefs. It anchors them. It gives you something to hold on to that reminds, a, reminds you of that from which you came. I'm not asking you to, to idolize 
the earth or idolize the harvest, I'm asking you to celebrate it and do so in the ways that our ancestors would have done it. So even our beloved St. Francis of Assisi, who's uh, celebrated on October 4th as the patron saint of the animals, he understood this connection and he wrote a prayer called Prayer to the Earth because he very much was a mystic writer. In that prayer, St. Francis wrote, Praise be you, my Lord, through Sister Moon. Praise be you, my Lord, through Brother Wind. Praise be you, my Lord, through Sister Water. Praise be you, my Lord, through Brother Fire. Praise be you, my Lord, through our Sister Mother Earth. Now that prayer is much longer, but this 12th century Christian mystic recognized the earth and the creation as gifts of the divine. And I will put that whole prayer on my website along with this podcast link. Now, several times on our journey to find the holy, we have been invited to consider establishing ritual around meaningful moments on, on our calendar. So since Maybon extends the autumn equinox celebration, we can continue this conversation with what may have arisen for you during this time right now. Because darkness overtaking the light is a powerful metaphor for aging as a natural part of the life cycle. Even though we may be practicing a healthy lifestyle and implementing ways to stave off aspects that diminish physical mobility and mental clarity, Maybon embraces the ever-present cycle of birth, growth, vitality, and then death. Some may choose to visit with aging relatives or honor their community as a new tradition that blesses them with the energy from the season's change. In other words, taking harvest to those who might not get fresh vegetables or herbs because this cornucopia of abundance, which is represented in how we display harvest around Thanksgiving and things like that, that shows us how harvest sustains our life and a resting earth in the dark season assures it will be renewed to bless us again in the spring. So why not decorate the hearth in, with the earth sign, when the earth signals the end of growth and turns towards the darkness? So one of the most powerful ways to honor this season of Maybon is to recognize that the darkness is an essential part of the life cycle. It invites us into a space of deep personal and intimate reflection with our own darkness. We simply cannot have the light without it. How do we know we have the light if we don't have the darkness? So just as the earth is divided equal, equally with day and light during both the spring and the autumn equinox, the autumn equinox invites us to find joy and gratitude as we balance between our physical lives and our soul's journey home. Now, if you're looking for easy ways to create a spiritual practice around the autumn equinox or Maybon, let's go back to that seasonal journey. You can also take that, I'm sorry, that seasonal journal, and you can take that journal and you can just count off your blessings and how important it is when we are living in so much chaos and uncertainty right now. So make date that and maybe come back in a few months and see what that looks like and certainly visit it next year and see how your life looks differently and what you're counting as blessings now and a year from now. It's a wonderful opportunity to consider the grief and sorrow that you have in your life because so many of us never visit 
our own grief and it's there. And so we recognize the times in lives in our life when we've lost something, or maybe it, it could be a job, it could be pets, whatever you're holding on to, opening up those grief containers to give them to honor them during this time as our as our earth turns to face the darkness. Making an altar of nature and also couple that with memories. So make like a cornucopia of memories, not just with the harvest, but with your family. So a gratitude cornucopia that shows the many things that are a blessing in your life. Of course, apple picking is a big tradition, but how can you make that a mindful exercise along with the herbs? Drinking some of the herbal teas that are, that are from all the harvest that's coming to maturity now. Or... Take this self-care into a ritual and take those herbal teas and sprinkle them in a bathtub and then immerse yourself in a bath filled with the herbal tea, herbals, or the, the dried herbs. Maybe light a pumpkin and spice candle if that, if that resonates with you. And any of the seasonal change is always a wonderful time to declutter. And if you could see my basement right now, you know what I'm going to be doing for the autumn equinox. Anytime we're wanting to honor some part of ourselves and our, the, the, those that we have loved and those that we have lost, it's a wonderful time to give something to someone else, something that's meaningful to you. You could hold a sacred gather, gathering that can be virtual because social distancing is something we all should be doing, where you're inviting your family or your loved ones or your community or your friends, whatever, whatever is sacred and meaningful to you because family means different things to different people. So I always say that to make sure that people who are disconnected from their family by choice or by circumstances that are out of their control, there's way, different ways to create sacred family connections. But just take a moment and contemplate and pray, what does it mean in your life as you turn to face towards the darkness? Because the darkness is coming. This isn't morose. It's not depressing. It's living. So how do we live it fully with the time we have here? How often do we take the time to face the shadows of our shortcomings? Not in goals and projects and timelines, but in character, temperament, integrity, honor, loyalty, and so on. So there's no judgment here, beloved. There is, there's only wisdom. Sitting here with our darkness ensures we can offer even more light to the world trust in the wisdom of creation. Sister Moon, Brother Wind, Sister Water, Brother Fire, Mother Earth, it's all holy. Are you ready to take that step with me? That's the wisdom of the autumn equinox and Mabon. Blessed be and amen. Now, at the end of each of my podcasts, I take questions from some of our followers or comments that have been left on one of my social media platforms. And today, I'm going to answer the question, what does it mean to be spiritual but not religious? Because that's a big one, and we get asked that quite often. And what I'm going to do to answer that question is refer to a a resource I have on my website at RevCarla.com called What Does It Mean to Be Spiritual But Not Religious? And so I'm not going to read a lot of this because you can read it for yourself. But there are, if I had to say there were tenets to be, to what does it mean to be spiritual but not religious? The first thing I would say is that religion is a a human-made conduit that connects you to God. 
Spirituality exists in all realms of our life, in all realms of humanity, in all realms of creation. So religion, especially when it's done in a way to enhance spirituality, can be a very sacred experience. But you can have that spiritual experience outside of religion, and that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here to help you do because I have chosen to have my spirituality container to be held outside of religion. It can be both. But the reason why we call it spiritual but not religious is to be able to define that because most people don't understand what that means. But those tenets would be God is big enough to share, that it, we accept that there are many paths to God. We also say that religion doesn't own God. And we make these very simple not to be controversial or confrontational, but to make sure that we understand that people are we're being very clear about what we believe. We also believe that God speaks directly to your soul. In other words, yes, you can get inspiration from the pulpit or from church leaders or from other people, but you are your own guru. What we should be doing as spiritual leaders and mentors is teaching you that God is speaking directly to you. Now, I don't mean that you're going to hear a voice in your head, even though I, some people say they do, and I'm not going to question that. But there are ways that you can know that you're on the right path that's for your life, that has been designed for your calling. There are many paths and names for God, and all of humanity is sacred. We also believe that the universe and its inhabitants and all of life are sacred. And again, what I say here is that you can have these things inside religion, but this is a way you can also have it outside. So this, again, this is a multi-page document, and I don't want to go into too much detail here because I've already taken up a lot, quite a, it's longer than what I thought it was going to be. Mackenzie will make sure that's on my website, so you can make sure you can find it there. And then this also kind of dovetail into the second question. I'm assuming I have time for this. How do I start my uh, how do I start a spiritual journey? How do I get started on my spiritual journey? Well, this depends really first of all where your starting point is. If there is religious trauma, I would invite you to find some time to figure out how you could start to detangle from that and heal from it. I would say the way I did it was not necessarily the I, the most ideal way because I did it backwards and it was during seminary that I finally was able to heal during from my religious trauma so I held on to it for several years so that's a real important thing but what I want to say to you first of all is trust the journey you're not going to have a lot of answers but especially for those of us who've been conditioned to have our spirituality to be contained by someone else, someone giving us a roadmap, someone giving us the how-to or giving us the instructions from a pulpit. That's not what's going to happen here. So we start to develop practices that give us a place, the, the sacredness that we need and the insight and the wisdom and the tools that we need to hear from within. And sometimes that just takes time. That means you need to be patient. You need to have faith. You need to know that it's this is there is going to be some detangling, but on the other side of this is peace, wisdom, and joy. And what I often what I often recommend is that people start to develop a practice of learning new skills and new resources and new wisdom. So there's a couple of books that I always recommend that you start with. Uh, the first is by Rob Bell, and it's it's uh, What Is the Bible. I love that book. I hope that that uh, blesses you. He has a new one out too, which I have not read. It's called Everything is Spiritual. But knowing Rob, I bet it's going to be a good one. 
The other one I like to recommend is by Karen Armstrong, and it is History of God. And the reason why I recommend these two authors is because they both also spiraled out of conservative Christianity, just like I did. So they have a, a journey very similar to mine. And so that's that experience resonates with me. And so their writing resonates with me. And I see that my followers and clients also have been blessed by these, these works. I can also tell you that keep looking in my website. We're continually loading up resources. And there will be some on opportunities for online forums and workshops coming, as well as I heard that there might be a book coming soon. And that's about all the information I can give to you now, but just stay tuned. Some more information will be coming. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you, and I pray you have received something today. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now I pray that you go in peace, that you be at peace, and that you be the peace. Go in love. May you be loved, and may you give love. Go and know that others are on this journey with you. You are not alone. And may you be blessed this week, and I will see you soon. Bye now. If you like what you heard today, be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. To submit questions to Rev Carla, email us at spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. Follow at Rev Carla on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Check out her blog posts on RevCarla.com and go ahead and sign up for email alerts while you're there so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.